Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. There are fears that the virus which has impacted negatively on Muslims. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC businesses what affects the repayment of loans are developments that will affect credit extension from commercial banks managing director of republic Ga- republic bank ghana farid anta spoke to joint business at the bank's annual general meeting so we continue to be in dialogue with all of our corporate customers and many most of our commercial customers and we have actually gone out to them in the last two or three weeks to indicate our continued support so several of them by september october the six months will be up what then we have assured them based on their cash flows how we're projecting happen we will be here to help so if we have to extend it further consolidate maybe advance some more funds so you can retool something we are prepared to do that for our customers because at the end of if they don't survive, we will not do well. Meanwhile, the bank is unable to pay dividends to its shareholders this year, even though its net profit grew by 180.6% from 28.2 million cities recorded as of December 2018 to 79.1 million cities recorded as of December 2019. And in our business journal today, it has been weeks of controversy over the alleged sale of the Kotoka International Airport. It's also been a moment of despair for Ghana's aviation sector as the coronavirus pandemic plunged passenger numbers and also distorted revenue margins. Today's business journal gives us reason to be concerned about air travels amid this pandemic. The coronavirus pandemic has served a huge blow to Ghana's aviation sector. 
The International Air Transport Association, IATA, has projected a loss of $350 million to the country's aviation space. Sector Minister Joseph Kofiada tells me this is bad for the sector. Is that the revenues have gone down, which means that the employment is at risk, so they have lost their jobs. Uh, it, it's taken a toll on us and our government, of course. Air travels have been restricted as COVID-19 cases near 15 million on the world scale. This has caused a severe drain on airport operations in the country. For the aviation minister, Parson Air and Africa World Airlines are the current domestic operatives bringing in some revenue to the airport company. For now, as we speak, virtually nothing except for the little revenue coming out of the uh, few domestic uh, operators, uh, the two domestic operators, uh, Passion Air and Africa World. I have seen how domestic operators Africa World Airlines are painfully abandoning profits to ensure the safety of passengers. And it means flying at half capacity and investing more in COVID-19 safety protocols. Obviously, right now, we're only operating domestic flights. Um, at the appropriate time, I'm sure the government will reopen the borders. And at that point, we're going to have to have the same uh, mission to convince passengers and in international flights that every step that can be taken to ensure their safety has been taken. Today, the question is more along the lines of, oh, when did you last clean the plane? Once an alien sector, there are calls for the aviation ministry to fast-track an emergency relief package to the sector. Kofiada says such an intervention will take some time. The government has taken the stimulus package seriously. The way government works is that the submissions have been made the uh, evaluations have to be undertaken and then the Minister of Finance will have to do all of the comparative analysis and scenario generation to see what it can really accommodate. If you've noticed, Ghana's aviation sector has featured prominently in the media over the alleged privatization of the Kotaka International Airport to a Turkish firm. The airport can be run by Ghanaians and it will be run by Ghanaians. We are not selling the airport. That's non-negotiable. In fact, strategic partnerships have been in Ghana, in the aviation sector, over the past several years. A 2018 Ministry of Finance report shows that the Ghana Airport Company Limited collected revenue of 475 million cities through airport taxes alone. This was more than a 35% increase from the previous year. All these numbers, the minister explains, have been decimated by the coronavirus pandemic. The reduction in flights and visitors caused by the pandemic will reduce revenue from airplane landing fees, fees for use in Ghana's airspace and other charges such as the passenger safety charge. In effect, this dip has already affected all value chain of the travel sector with hotels laying off workers and various tourist sites closing down. And that's how we end the Joy Business Report at one. But before we go, let's take a look at our top stories. Government has justified COVID-19 related spending as it promises to make expenditure available for required scrutiny and accountability. And also some Ghanaian traders at the Kwame Nkuma Circle have clashed over the reopening of shops belonging to foreign retailers. My name is Amelie Josu. Up next is the locker room with George Ada Jr. Do stay tuned. 
we continue to fight COVID-19 together, Ecobank offers you several ways to stay home, stay safe, and take control of your finances. Use Ecobank Mobile whenever, wherever, with or without an Ecobank account to send money through SMS and email. Also buy airtime, pay bills, and much more from the comfort of your home. For high-value transactions, use our internet banking services. Ecobank QR code enables you to make cashless digital payments when paying for goods and services. Download the Ecobank Mobile today from the Google Play Store, App Store, or from our Facebook page. Additionally, dial the short code star 770 hash from any phone and start transacting. Ecobank cares. Remember to observe social distancing, wash your hands frequently, and don't touch your face. For further assistance, can we call Ecobank Contact Center on 3225 anytime, any day, toll free. Stay home, stay safe. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. May I please have your attention for the following announcements. Abusiapeni Ishmael Mensa Tando of Royal Kona Ibuaze Ibusunya of Tamasase, Cape Coast. The Most Reverend Titus Fifi Awoche Prat, Presiding Bishop of the Methodist Church of Ghana. Nana Efri Fayamwa, Jukwaheng, Ekogate announced the home call of their beloved, Mr. Raphael Kweku Atta Okran, a.k.a. Cosmos. He died age 91. Funeral arrangements are as follows. Burial service takes place on the 25th of July 2020 at Mary Queen of Peace Catholic Church, 4th Ridge, Cape Coast. Pre-burial fighting past takes place from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Burial mass takes place at 9 a.m. Interment, Cape Coast, Astochano Cemetery. There will be no family gathering on Sunday. Widow, Mrs. Sophia Abba Okran. Children, Dr. Richard Okran. Mrs. Mary Chloe Afeba Bando. Mr. Cosmos Nana Atta Okran. Mrs. Eurydice Amwakoa Iya. Mrs. Zella Nstifua Okran Kokroko. Attire for Saturday is black and white. Live on Facebook at In Love and Memory of Mr. Cosmos Okran. That's all for the announcements. And the locker room. Hello, I'm Sarah Mulkerns, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Adu Jr. After 30 years of near misses, some dark days, and even mid table finishes, Liverpool finally ended the club's long way to be champions of England for the 19th time. Smoke clear, the lights back on, the red and gold ticker tape related Anfield. You will truly never walk alone. At the end of the season, they feared may never end. The longest wait, a generation on and more, for the 19th time in their history, for the first time in the Premier League, in the never-to-be-forgotten year of 2020, the champions of England again
Congratulations to Liverpool. And now the Cops walk into the final day of the season, not just as champions, but properly crowned champions of English football. Liverpool and Manchester City have no leads on Sunday simultaneous kickoffs at 10 Premier League grounds, live on the BBC and also the Choice Sports Arena from 2 p.m. But for these three, two season-defining games, fans dread, players quite anxious, and managers walking the lines of trepidation and apprehension. There's still much to be decided as we head towards the Premier League's final round of fixtures. Chelsea, Leicester City, Manchester United will be battling it out for the final two group stage sports. And we have analysis and permutations ahead on the show. And this weekend will be as much a stop for as as a relegation battle. Hands it's a bends it in, it's a good one. And the shot is in! It's Trezeguet again! Well, he just can't stop scoring at Villa Park when his team really need him. And maybe, just maybe, the great behind closed doors escape is on for Dean Smith and his team. In by De Bruyne, in by Laporte, 4-0 Manchester City and Watford's goal difference advantage has vanished in just more than an hour here. But trouble outclassed and now in real strife. Watford have suffered their ritual city caning. And Shea Adams has got his second Saints Premier League goal. And Saints are heading back with three points. It's Bournemouth nil, Southampton two. The relegation scrap will go down to the final minute of the game on Sunday. With just a single goal currently, the difference between survival and the seizing in the championship. Aston Villa and Watford are separated by just a single goal either side of the drop. While Bournemouth, who can also survive and just three points back, have the same goal difference as Watford. We have analysis ahead. If you'd like to send us a message and reacting to any of our discussions on the show, we'll love you to send them via social media accounts, 0244340437 on WhatsApp, on Facebook, joy slash 99.7, or Twitter, that's joysportsgh. We'll be needing to preview match day 36 of this Serie A, with Juventus closing in on another Scudetto, and in US to monitor the progress to successfully stage a Grand Slam this year. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sports. Hello from me, George Addy Jr., and welcome. exciting afternoon to look forward to here on Joy 99.7 FM and once again you're welcome. Let's hear from you on WhatsApp line 0244340437 but we'll start straight away with the news that came in this morning. 
about some awards in England. Let's get to it right now. Raymond Yamada joins me in studio. Raymond, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, George. Yes, all ready for the debate later on the show. Eddie Akins is in studio. How are you doing, Eddie Akins? Fantastic, George. All right. Oriku Ampofo is here as well. Oriku, how are you doing? I'm doing very, very okay. good, Okay, so you hear from these lavishly packed young men when it's time for the debate. Um, and we're asking you the question. Among Chelsea, Manchester United, Leicester, I mean, which of these teams cannot afford uh, to miss out on the UEFA Champions League sport? Uh, you know that we have a massive, massive one when it gets to the final day of the season. So we'll get into it, of course. But the real one, Paul, let's talk about uh, Jordan Henderson, the captain of Liverpool, who's been discussed overly on social media because he picked up an award. Tell us about it and uh, a little bit about what goes into that. So he picked up the Football Writers Award. I remember in England, there are usually two individual awards to be picked at the end of the season. And that's the Football Writers Award and the PFA Award that's voted by the players. For the football writers, it's usually selected by writers all over England, including journalists. Uh, but I, I understand that it did come as a surprise uh, with Jordan Henderson winning the award, especially looking at the type of season that Kevin De Bruyne had, a uh, combination of 30 goals and assists. In terms of influence on the pitch, there was probably no one better. And that indeed has sparked a conversation. Uh, but just a gentle reminder... Mm. Uh, to some that the Football Writers Award it goes to the player who performs on and off the pitch now last year Raheem Sterling beat Virgil van Dijk who was a strong favourite because he showed courage to challenge the preconceptions and then the fight against you know racism and all that and for certain examples in society so this gave Raheem Sterling the nod ahead of a very very informed Virgil van Dijk last year now Henderson this season has been a driving force of the pitch in the community and for the player support of the NHS as well as the captain of a team that won four trophies since the last uh, Football Writers Award in May 19. Now, there's also talks going on that, look, these are journalists and writers who vote for these awards. They're looking for someone with a powerful story. And you look at Henderson and uh, what he has been through, uh, through his Liverpool career. And uh, even to think that at a point, he was almost sold to Derby in the championship. And uh, he found a way to regain his form, took the captaincy from Gerrard and has gone on to win the Premier League, the Champions League and the Super Cup. It's a wonderful story. All the players talk about how he's a good leader. They're just some things in football that you can't quantify and Henderson's strength do fall under one of those it's understandable that Kevin De Bruyne and Manny probably have been better in terms of skill set and contribution uh, looking at the goals and assists and all that and I think that would rightly be fought when the PFA uh, player of the year comes in I think that Manny and Kevin De Bruyne would battle it out for that but for the football writers award Henderson has been crowned so, and maybe rightly so. And uh, it's just that quite a number of people are worried about this, Raymond, because you know the trends when they begin, you begin to have an idea of where all of this is going. Raymond, would you be surprised if Jordan Henderson ends up being the PFA, you know, player of the year? What, he picks that award? Well, George, uh, I think to be fair, I would say this award to Henderson. Uh, I think I think I'll allow you to change your microphone. Okay. I don't like that microphone. Um, so, Raymond gets gets closer to the microphone for me. Okay, let's do that, Raymond. Yes, tell me. Uh, yes, so, so that's think, the question. Um, 
this was just an award to actually say thank you for your good service for Liverpool mm. all these years mm. since 2011. We haven't seen Henderson actually live up to the expectation that we're expecting. And you look at his previous awards. It was at the junior level. It was under it was at the under 21 level where he was actually crowned you know young player of the year. And we remember that even his times at Sunderland, he showed a lot of promise to the extent that you know at his young age he was you know considered as one of the top stars for the future. But he never really lived up to expectation. You know after he moved on to the Senior, senior level at Liverpool and all. So for me, I think that looking at his contribution, winning the Champions League last year, um, winning the Premier League this year, it's just something, you know, that will just give him some confidence. It will just encourage him to kind of like, you know, um, sign off in style. But for me, if you ask me, you have a player like Kevin De Bruyne who scored about 11 goals, managed 19 assists. You have Marcus Rashford who also was in there with a lot of goals. I think he managed about 17 goals this season. And you look at you look at um, players like Mohamed Salah, you look at Sadio yeah. These are players who have lots of goals mm. to their credit. Mm. And even if it's about issues of the pitch, Rashford was just given a doctorate for yes. you know championing the course of uh, <laughs> for, for fighting for fighting against and, and Kevin Bruyne has a good story and too. So me, he also he was rejected at Chelsea. award for Henderson clearly. <laughs> I don't get it. But, but George, th- that's exactly the on, reason come on, why that's exactly the reason why Rashford finished dead. Because let's be he, honest, he if you're going to weigh the whole season, do you think Rashford should be above let, Mane and Van Dijk? Let, let me bring in Eddie Akins. Eddie Akins, look, let's 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 stay on the pitch, and that's where I want this discussion to go. Mm. I think we need to uh, move the discussion away uh, uh, from what off the pitch issues from, and from 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 just figures, mm. okay, to physical qualities yeah okay so we're moving from the flamboyance and skill sets of players to their physical qualities and mm. what it means to the teams that they play in now for all kevin de bruyne's skill set and flamboyance on the ball his physical qualities do not match up to henderson's physical qualities and i'm talking about the work rate of henderson you're talking about his strength you're talking about uh, the, 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 the blades of grass that he, he covers each match and that really should be appreciated and I think this, 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 this award is a win for players who have physical qualities as but, they are but the problem is is, is is Henderson even the best player for Liverpool this season is he talking about physical qualities not not not, not I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be specific here yeah now because Jordan, Jordan Henderson's main strength mm. is not his technique. Mm. It's not his skill. It's, it's the his work, work rate when he uh-huh. plays. It is, work, it is his work rate in support of the other players he plays with. But if and, 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 and this is one thing that we all need to start appreciating because that work rate made an impact or had an impact yes. on road to, to winning all those laurels that they In the Liverpool team, he didn't have the most impact in terms of how I mean, look at the contributions. So no, the so, argument so, for Liverpool so, fans, so, like if, if you're going to give so, to Henderson, so, so, you rather give to Sadio Mane. So are we talking about work rate here? Are we talking about the physical aspect of the game? Are we talking about interceptions? Are we talking about We're tackling? Talking everything. Are we talking about organization? We're talking. Are we everything. talking about that driving force? Mm. I think we should. We should. We shouldn't limit our scope to just the aesthetic qualities. Mm. We, we, we we need to understand that football goes beyond yeah. figures and numbers and flamboyance. Mm. Football needs to have a physical side and 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 and, and i think henderson mm. is exemplary in that respect you're talking about impact mm. look jordan henderson is not a big part player 
in this Liverpool setup. Mm. Here's if you are to name Liverpool's strongest eleven, mm. you'd find Jordan Henderson in there. Mm. That is impact for you. <laughs> so I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I think most yeah, people so, agree so, the so, impact. So honestly, but I we want to give the award to the one with the most I love, impact. I love. I love. I love Jordan picking up this award mm. because he's shown a it lot. Tells mm. everyone that mm. look, physical qualities are not ignored in the game. Okay, George, just yeah. a qu- final one. Yes, final one. Yeah. Virgil van Dijk couldn't win it last season, yes. but he showed a lot of strength on the field. Yes. He showed a lot of, you know, he was an impact player for Liverpool last season. Yeah. But Liverpool didn't win the league, and so he couldn't win this particular award. But George, if you are talking about physical attributes being rewarded, mm. I will still go for contribution when it comes to what you do to get the team where they are. Mm. Jordan Henderson scored four goals, five assists. Mm. That's for me. <laughs> In that Liverpool that's, team, that, that's still limited. No, yeah, 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 that's yeah, 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 Henderson's performance mm. for Liverpool this season. Mm. Without doubt. You could talk about his leadership qualities. Mm. That in itself is something exceptional. No, that is exceptional. Okay. He, organization. It's exclusive to him. Mm. But if you talk about even performance on the field, mm. organization, you know, showing a lot of strength, He's you know, working over dead bodies on the field of play for, for, for the team. There are more I guys. Think, I think Fabio Fabio did a fantastic job. Okay. Eric, uh, probably will stick with this one. That is the rightest award and you're looking for off the field stories. Has that been the case you see and the thing is when you go when you told this line has that been the case for all the years no I because think, yeah I years th- when it's been it's been about football too yeah yeah i think for the for the majority so, uh, so it's supporting a certain you know hypothesis out there you see that's that's the problem george if, and the emotions if, are pouring in for kevin de Bruyne because it's been happening over and over again so. yeah. but but just imagine this is the ghana premier league we're playing in our own league and uh, we have Yahaya Mohammed and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and Victoria Adebayo. And you want to take a best neck, player of the neck, you know, neck, neck, uh, okay. neck to neck in terms of goals and all that. Mm. Who would you vote would you for vote at the end of the day? Okay. So the voting it, is the it, thing. So, the so journalists so are voting. It's more sentimental. You need more yeah. journalists yeah. to vote for you. Yes. 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 So? They feel Jordan Henderson has spent 11, uh, close to a uh, decade They've seen his growth. They have to do something for the He has to be rewarded before he leaves the scene. We're going to be back on text. Yes. You really fail to look beyond. That's my problem. But it's going to be... You have to look beyond. And it's going to be a hard time to... I say... Time and again, and you say he's physical just because he's physical. It's not about the aesthetics, it's not about the, the skill set, it's not about the flamboyance, mm. it's about leadership yeah. on the pitch, it's about your physical contribution to it. Okay, it's contact so. sport, okay, yeah, I know, but there are a lot, so, a lot so, of physical so, players so around. For me, I, I, I really think it's a win. For the physical aspect. I hope I, I hope he wins the PFA player of the year. What? <laughs> <laughs> I would have wished that, the Valondo was there. <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I tell you, where, where things are going, you won't be surprised to see him. The guys, well, uh, you're going to be hearing from uh, Eddie Kings, Raymond Yamado, and uh, Rick Kwampo for just the space of about some 25 minutes when we get into it, or some 20 minutes when we get into uh, the debate proper here. But now we have to go for the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. I remember the English Premier League culminates on Sunday, so there's so much for John to answer. And Enjoy this, we're back with more.
question for your time this weekend and let's begin with the cancelled football awards and specifically this week the Ballon d'Or organizers cite situations leading to unfair grounds of competition as their reason is that fair especially on players like Lewandowski who've had a good year well, I can see why they've done it, George. I can see why they've cancelled the award because we have had uh, tournaments cancelled, haven't we? Like the Euros. We've had the end of league campaigns cancelled, like in France, like in Holland, like in Belgium, like in Scotland. But yeah, players like Robert Lewandowski will feel a little bit aggrieved. There would have been other contenders. You can pick a, a number of Liverpool players. Sadio Mane, for me, would, would stand out. Uh, I know that a lot of French journalists would be pushing for Karim Benzema after his great season for Real Madrid. But I can see where the organisers are coming from. But you know this, George, having spoken to me over many years, I'm not a massive fan of individual awards in football. For me, it's a team sport, and that's where success should be judged on. So, um, rant over, (laughs) and I I, I can see where the Ballon d'Or organisers have come from. Well, John, the English Premier League culminates this weekend, and we are with you all the way on the Joy Sports Arena via BBC Sports World. So, let's talk about the Nevy Top 4 battle. With Chelsea playing at home to Wolves and Manchester United travelling to the Kim Power Stadium to face your Leicester City. This is so tight. How do you call this? Yeah, it is very tight to call, isn't it? Three teams, it's between to grab the final two qualification places for the Champions League. Two of them are playing each other, which makes it so exciting. Manchester United travel to Leicester knowing a draw would be enough for them to finish in the top four. Leicester need a win to guarantee their place. Chelsea will qualify for the Premier League with a draw against Wolves. But if they lose, Leicester and Manchester United could knock them out if, um, of the top four if they draw their match. Manchester United haven't been beaten in the Premier League since January. I could see them getting the win they need or the point they need against Leicester. And Chelsea, even though Wolves are a very good side, I think they'll do enough. So it'll be Leicester. Now, sadly for me as a Leicester fan, who will drop out of the top four. But you finish where you deserve at the end of a season. It wouldn't be the end of the world for Leicester to be in the Europa League. It's still their second highest Premier League finish. But when you look back and the fact they were in the top four since September up until last weekend, it will be very frustrating for them. But I think they have to look at this with a bit of perspective and realise that it won't be the end of the world to get into the Europa League. Whereas for Manchester United and Chelsea, Champions League football is an absolute must. Let's talk the relegation scrap. Aston Villa, Watford with just a point separating them even goals to an extent have a chance alongside Bournemouth will be hoping for the same joy who is going down for me Watford and Bournemouth will be the teams going down Aston Villa starts this weekend just outside the bottom three on goal difference they're away to inform West Ham a convincing win for them would guarantee Premier League survival but I could actually see all three teams losing you've got Bournemouth having to beat Everton to stand the chance of avoiding the drop third from bottom Watford have to better Aston Villa's result And Watford face Arsenal away from home. I could see Bournemouth losing. I could see Watford losing. I could see Villa losing. (laughs) But I think Villa will just about stay up. And you know what? They they deserve it. They've picked up in the last few weeks. They did a lot of work defensively during the lockdown. Dean Smith had Zoom meetings, regular Zoom meetings with his players. Got them to watch videos to basically improve tactically defending. We saw the, the, the fruits of that in the game against Arsenal. So for me, Aston Villa will just about stay up. John, let's talk the championship and teams promoted. Slavin Bilic is back with West Brom. And the powerhouse Leeds United have entered the free as well with Bielsa. What should we expect from these sides? Yeah, what a crazy final day that was of the championship season. Uh, West Brom are promoted. 
just they drew on the final day of the season. They could have dropped out of the, the the top two, but they they just about got there because Brentford, who are third, lost. So West Bromwich Albion joining Leeds United. Leeds United, um, really interesting team. Do watch their games if you can. They play brilliant football under Marcelo Bielsa. I think they'll benefit actually next season from having fewer games, more time on the training field for Marcelo Bielsa, less time for his players to get exhausted because he works his players harder than any other coach. They play great football. I do feel they need some additions. They need to recruit intelligently over the summer. And Marcelo Bielsa doesn't like a massive squad, doesn't like a huge amount of recruitment because if you come into Marcelo Bielsa's squad, you have to be the right type of personality and player because you need to follow basically his doctrine or you won't fit in at Leeds. He's a brilliant coach, but um, yeah, he works his players very hard. As for West Brom, again, I think they'll need some new signings, but a lot of teams are going about it a different way when they get promoted. They're not just throwing money at it. They, they, they have to plan for a longer-term project. So we may see West Bromwich Albion and Leeds not spending a huge amount of money. They can look at the likes of Sheffield United as an example of how to go about it when you get promoted, how to settle into the Premier League, and maybe they will follow in the same way. I think out of the two teams, Leeds are in the best position to stay up, uh, and, and I think their style of football will be brilliant to watch in the Premier League. It's tight in the playoffs as well. Of keen interest down here is Swansea City as they come up against Brentford. Obviously, because of Black Stars captain Didi Ayu, how competitive are these matchups? Yeah, Andre Ayu is a massive part of that Swansea team. I think Steve Cooper um, really looks at him not only as a leader on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. You can see the celebrations afterwards. Andre Ayu was right at the centre of things. And um, he'll be a massive part of these playoffs as well, Andre Ayu. Difference of confidence going into the game. Swansea have a huge amount of momentum after the way they got into the playoffs. Just squeezed in, overturning a five-goal swing to knock Nottingham Forest out of the playoffs and just get into that, that final spot. Brentford have lost their last two games. They had a chance to get promoted automatically if they'd won either of those two games and they messed it up. That will have a massive amount of um, influence on the way they are feeling going into this playoff game. And you need momentum when you go into the playoffs. The second playoff, I think, is easier to predict. Fulham against Cardiff. Fulham, for me, have the best quality squad in the championship. They probably should have been promoted automatically with the quality of squad they have. Mitrovic is a Premier League striker playing in the championship. Cardiff are a workman-like team, but I don't think they'll have enough to, to beat Fulham over two legs. So, John, since the English Premier League ends this weekend... Let's get your season's review and I'll be pushing you right in that corner. So let's start with your top three young promising talents. Well, I think if you're looking at young talents, you have to pick out uh, Mason Greenwood at Manchester United. Ten Premier League goals. First teenager, I think, to do that in the Premier League since Wayne Rooney. Brilliant performances for Mason Greenwood. I like Gabriel Martinelli as well at Arsenal. I think he's going to be a star. We haven't seen as much as him of, uh, as we would have liked due to injury. And another player, probably a bit less well-known than those two who I really like, is Tarek Lamptey, the right-back at Brighton. Whenever I've seen him play, I've been really impressed by Tarek Lamptey. So I think he's a name to look out for in the future. Next, John, who is the most progressive manager? Chris Wilder, Espirito Santo or Ralph Hasenhutl? Most progressive manager? Wow, that's a really interesting question. Ralph Hasenhutl, after the restart, I think would be a contender, but over the whole season... There have been struggles. Remember, they lost 9-0 to Leicester. Nuno Espirito Santo, 
has picked up from where he left off last season. But I think Chris Wilder would have to pick up that um, that title. They play some really good football, Sheffield United. The way they play with their back three, with their their centre backs overlapping the wing backs at times. Chris Wilder for me would be second behind Jurgen Klopp for manager of the year. Now this is really getting interesting, John. We've had this debate down here for so long amongst the Manchester United fans and Chelsea fans. So this is the question: Who has done a better job? If both end up in the top four, only going to Solskjaer or Frank Lampard? Oh, that is a tough one. I will go for Frank Lampard just because he had the transfer ban and also they lost Eden Hazard, the star player. Um, a lot of people say that maybe his job's been overrated because yes, they had a squad that was in the top four last season. They did manage to sign Christian Pulisic despite the transfer ban because he'd officially signed in the January before. But I still think Frank Lampard has done a great job. Now, John, it gets even more difficult because you need to answer this. Who deserves to be the player of the season? Kevin De Bruyne or Jordan Henderson? Well, I'm going to throw a curveball here because I don't think either of them should be player of the year. Don't get me wrong. They're fantastic players. Kevin De Bruyne and Jordan Henderson, they've had a great campaign. But for me, Sadio Mane is the Liverpool player who always stands out. So Sadio Mane would be my player of the season. And John, you have been great on the Joy Sports BBC two-way series all season. Special thanks to the guys in the background, to Pete, to Sarah, to Kelly, and other presenters, Rob Schofield, Nick Hatton, and Mas Faruqi. Always a pleasure. And I know there's definitely more to come from you. Thanks for your time. Yeah, more to come. We've still got the FA Cup. We've still got the Champions League to look forward to. And before you know it, George, we'll be back with the Premier League as well in mid-September. So uh, lots more to talk about over the next few weeks. Always a pleasure to speak to the BBC's John Bennett. We're telling you, yes, we've got the debate coming up pretty shortly. Just in 10 minutes' time, we'll start that. Raymond Yamato's here. There's Eddie Kings. We've got a Rico Ampofo. The question is simple. Who cannot just afford to miss out on the Champions League place? We've got Manchester United, Chelsea and Leicester. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. So I know Kepa with the Balaga has had his problems, but lately on the radar is Manchester United's goalkeeper David here, who's come under massive scrutiny again after his errors contributed to his side's FA Cup semi-final defeat by Chelsea. William, no offside, as Pilaquetta's cross, Giroud, and it's gone in! Olivier Giroud puts Chelsea in front in the 11th minute of added time. William's just given the ball away to Mount, this is Mason Mount, oh, and it's gone right through David De Gea! And into the back of the Manchester United net. Well, the first goal might have been a De Gea error. The second goal is an absolute howler by David De Gea. Giroud, Mount, Alonso. Oh, it's in. Rudiger scores Chelsea's third. And there's no coming back from that. And again, Martial, he's gone down. It's a penalty. This will be Manchester United's 19th penalty of the season. Bruno Fernandes facing Willy Caballero is something of a penalty-saving expert. He's a penalty-scoring expert. And it's 3-1. The Spain international has made several high-profile mistakes in recent seasons. A far cry from when he was considered the best keeper in the Premier League and an ever-dependable last line of defence for Manchester United. So what has changed for Dea? Joining me now for some analysis, the former Chelsea goalkeeper Rob Green. Uh, BBC Five Live regular pundits on Football Daily, Ole White. Thanks, guys, for your time on the show. Let me start with you, Rob Green. You have been between the sticks before and you know how it feels to be under the pressure from the fans and even more under the cosh when you're playing games against staff opponents. Now, so what do Manchester United do to De Gea or what does he need to do? A lot of it could be down to him and you look at it and you say, 
what's the challenge? Where do you want to be? And what do you want to do? And you're looking at it, and it's a guy that's that's one player of the season at Manchester United so many times. I think it's four times in, in five years, and, and he's been a fantastic... And sometimes that challenge goes. And for me, I, I, I'm not in David De Gea's... I wasn't in David De Gea's class, despite the, the links with Napoli. But it's, but it, it, I found that, you know, I, I was at Norwich six years and played pretty much exactly the same number of games that I did at West Ham and it was the challenge the challenge wasn't there and it was it was something that I just felt I needed to move on to now that's something that he can only answer and it's in and it's one that you'd actually want as a Manchester United manager and as a Manchester United fan you'd want David Tahir to turn around and go yes this is still a challenge. I'm still up for this. If he works and operates in the same way that I did, but he, he, you sat there looking at it, you're saying, is it, is, it, is it still a challenge to be the number one at Manchester United or does it need to change? Well, Oli, challenge or no challenge, De Gea needs to do a better job, isn't it? Because he is on £350,000 a week, right? If he said, yeah, I fancy going somewhere else, they can have, well, you're going to have to take a massive pay cut in, in order to do that. And also, if, you, if you're paying 350000 a week for a goalkeeper, obviously you need him to keep the ball out of the back of the net. But these days, don't you need him to be slightly better on the ground as well? It's not as if he's part of that Man United build-up in the way that, that Edison is at City or Allison is at, at Liverpool. So you're not getting that modern style of goalkeeper necessarily out of David De Gea. And now suddenly, the, the core goalkeeping skills, of which I won't go into alongside Rob Green, but they, they seem to have left him just at the wrong time. Rob, can the absence of a challenge affect your concentration as a goalkeeper? Because we know at a top club as Manchester United, you don't often have to make saves. It's indeed in those critical moments that you're needed. We are told that's true. What do you make of this? I, it can do, yeah. And uh, it's it's one that you're looking at and you're saying, well, you know, David <laughs> Hayer, you, you, you're saying that the, the mistakes are being made, you, you know, they're, they're the shots that you should save. And you, you're putting it down to technique or you're putting it down to concentration, you put it down to something. And, and with him, and it's it's incredible. I, I, I played for West Ham against Chelsea once and thinking back to speaking to Petr Cech after the game, and I spoke, we, we lost 4-1. And we, we got beaten badly. And there was a goal where Petrček punched one out and Scott Parker lobbed it back over him. And it was an amazing finish. And he spoke for the 10 minutes solely about that goal he conceded. <laughs> and I and I sit there and so I went, Pete, you won for one. It's fine. Put it away. You know, and it, it, but mm. it, that's the level that they're operating at. That's the level that Petrček was operating at, that he didn't switch off. That it's that mental concentration that he, that he plays on your mind. Now... That is something that needs to be there. That is something, as a goalkeeper, you sit there and you come in off, after winning 4-1 and you're fuming with the goal, that one goal. And if, if you lose that within yourself, you need to find a way to freshen it. You need to create a new target, a new challenge. And that's what that's the beautiful thing about targets is that it can change all the time and they can be personal to you. It might be that you're number operated in your brain and you, you're looking at a number of clean sheets and you make that the most important thing in your life. It might be a performance thing that you give yourself a mark out of 10 or whatever it might be or feedback. I need X amount of bits of feedback, you know, or whatever it might be over the course of a season. So... That's the thing that needs to make you stay hungry. And if you lose that hunger, then it affects your concentration because that's, the, as you say, it's so critical, especially at the top. So, Oli, following that logic with Dean Henderson, how would being a goalkeeper for Manchester United compare to Sheffield? Yes, because the eye is a lot bigger. It's a lot more critical. And, you, you know, you look at the responses from uh, after the Arsenal game where they lost in the FA Cup and he decided to come 
and the number of co- responses I was working on the, with you guys uh, mm. that day and th- th- saying Dean Henderson could never be the Manchester United co- uh, goalkeeper because of the decision making like that And but it's, whether they were right or wrong that's the level of criticism that comes from being at a top top club and that's the difference you know that's the one Every game is televised. Every game, Manchester United game, is watched by millions and millions of people around the world. And it is a world product. That is what they're providing that, that gets sent around the world. So it's it's something where it gets critiqued at the top level. And to make consistent mistakes or to be scrutinised in a consistent way is something that you need to get used to. It took David De Gea time to get used to. Mm. He was shocked to come into the Premier League and, and had a rough start, didn't he? And so... That's something that needs to needs if if Dean Henderson came in, if you know next season or whatever the plans are, whatever might happen, that is a world of difference between Sheffield United and Manchester United. Thanks, guys, for your time on the show. And we'll be looking forward to what happens with Manchester United and their goalkeeper. They've been, or they're being encouraged at the moment to try and keep the goalkeeper because uh, there may be other issues to look at. But let's see how it all goes. Remember as well, on Sunday, we've got the Joy Sports Arena. That's where the EPL culminates via the BBC. We've got live commentary for you. We'll be around the grounds. Everything that goes in, Manchester United fans and Chelsea fans would all be looking over their shoulders, really. Leicester City fans as well will be hoping that they can get uh, a shot in. Remember, uh, tomorrow on the Sports Link, we've got I mean, former Ghana striker Prince Tigo. He'll be here to have a lovely discussion with Nathaniel Atto. So, so much to come. It's just about time to get into our debate. Let's see if we can settle it right here in the studio, even before we get on the pitch. Three teams booking for two slots. One must definitely drop. And Martial has got away, and he plays it forward. Flat stays down. Matter into the penalty area. Matter with a chip. Matter with a breakthrough goal. Superb play. Pulisic past Mendy into the area and scores. Tucks it past Edison and Chelsea take the lead. Tielemans 1 2. Perez is in. He's beaten Gunnett's 3 0. Leicester are running right. It's another lovely 1 2. James now receives it from McTominay on the right hand side. Wijnaldum's trying to reach him. Rashford's in the middle. He has the ball from James. Manchester United are in <laughs> third at the moment, Chelsea in fourth, Leicester in fifth, but we all know everything can change. So the guys join me in studio right now. Rick Wampofo is representing Leicester City. How are you doing, Brendan Rogers? I'm good. I'm yeah, good. good. <laughs> a bit disappointed, but I'm good. <laughs> but you're good, surely. Uh, Raymond Yamada represented Manchester United. Hi, Oligana Solskjaer. Hello. Are you good? Are you good? <laughs> you have to get closer to your microphone for me as well. And uh, Eddie A. Kings is representing Chelsea. How are you doing, Frank Lampard? I can hear the Champions League anthem already. Already? <laughs> I can smell Champions League already. Okay, 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 guys. Uh, we just have to get into this right now and begin to do uh, the analysis. Okay, I was looking for my 60-second countdown. Okay, let's see if I can find it yet. If I can, it's all good. So let's start with you. <laughs> Uh, let's start with you, uh, Rick Wampofo. And it's very, very simple like we do it here on our show. Um, look, we've got three clubs looking for those two slots. Why do you think Leicester City cannot afford to drop out? 
first of all, let me. How many points? Wait, point. How many minutes do I have? So I know how to. You have one minute, a portion, thirty a seconds. One minute. 30 Will you seconds. come back to me? I'll come back to you. Yes. Okay. So my first point is finances. Uh, unlike the other two sides that we're competing against, we do need the money. You know, we lost our owner in Vishai, and uh, Leicester in itself is not a big puncher when it comes to, uh, you know, competing financially. And as Pep Guardiola said, if you want to compete at the top nowadays, you have to compete financially. You need to buy big players. And you look at Leicester City and the fact that they had this Champions League covered. Now, the difference between going to a Champions League and not going to a Champions League is huge financially. Reaching a group stage alone is 15 million euros. Reaching a round of 16 is 9.5 million euros. Essentially, if you go on to win the uh, Champions League and win each game, you could make up to 82.2 million euros. Now, that's a bit unrealistic. Mm. But Leicester in itself, qualifying to the Champions League, could gain them, they could get about 20 million euros from just going and winning every match with see Europa, um, UEFA pay them 2.7 million euros. Yeah, okay. So, there is a chance to make money in there hmm. and they I need to revamp the squad it. and if they're going to get some money from the Champions League, that is there. enough motivation to go to the Champions League this the season. Foot, the football gods are listening. They would see if they can uh, have some Messi somewhere. Raymond Yamadou, You've got one minute and 30 seconds. George, Manchester United, why do you need this badly? Interestingly, you have a team that's just going there because of money, not because they want to go out there and perform. <laughs> well, George, for Manchester United, there's a money aspect too. Um, you look at Manchester United having signed that um, £75 million pound, you know, contract with Adidas, uh, and clearly there's a clause in there that states that if United fail to qualify for the Champions League on, on, con- on two consecutive occasions, it means that 30% would be chopped off that particular budget. So Manchester United need to get that money back. Manchester United don't want to lose that money, so definitely they have to get into the Champions League. But you look at Manchester United and their performance this season. I think that out of the three teams, they have had the best performance. They've had the, you know, they haven't lost the most number mm. of matches. You look at, you know, Chelsea having lost about 12 matches. Manchester United have lost about just eight matches. And Leicester City have lost 11 matches. So it clearly tells you that this is a Manchester United team that's difficult to beat. Champions League does miss Manchester United. And, you know, the excitement Manchester United brings to Champions League football. And you talk about the fact that, you know, anytime there's a Champions League, you talk about tradition, they talk about history. You talk about the other two teams and you want it just three really times have the and they really have a tradition when it comes to Champions League. And so, you know, Manchester United have to be in the Champions League and they have to make a statement. Since the 2019 season, we haven't seen United in the Champions League and this is the best time for them to get back into the Champions League and be considered as one of the big teams. And look at the performance, without doubt. People want to see Pogba Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, you know, all the big players, Maguire and the likes, Dek Digia and the likes, play Champions League football, not Europa League football. So for me, I think that having stated all these, United definitely have to be. Right. Oh, you said Manchester United traditional club the Champions League. I was thinking, okay, so how AC Milan and Real Madrid place themselves in there? <laughs> but it's not Liverpool. But well, making the case, let's go to Chelsea. Eddie Akins, why do you think Chelsea cannot afford to lose this? Okay, so Frank Lampard has assembled uh, the youngest squad in the history of Chelsea. Hmm. Uh, what these players need is consistent development and development in a certain way. They can develop in the championship. They, 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 these players have had a great experience in the Premier League. Now, to help them or assist them to grow and mature and develop well, they need to be playing consistently in major competitions, i.e. the Champions League. They do not want to stunt their growth or truncate it at a certain level. So, it's, 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 it's a competition, the Champions League, that Chelsea need to play in to be able to, you know, uh, continuously develop 
this young squad. I'm talking about Mason Mount, talking about Pulisic, talking about Billy Gilmore and 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 and, and Fikayo Tomori. These are young lads who really need the experience of the Champions League to grow and mature. Now, Chelsea have been largely consistent mm. among the three. They have been largely consistent no. this season. And, and, the, and the adjective no. is largely, no, no, allow him. largely, largely consistent. consistent with inconsistency. Largely consistent. Or... No, largely consistent by way of result. And that's mm. why Chelsea was the, was ahead of the pack for most parts of the campaign. Mm. Okay, so 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 so, so, so that's, that's the that's because the fact. they're consistent. They must go into the Champions League. Exactly. They deserve it, you think? Chelsea have had their their problems, mm. but they found their, they found a way mm. to stay consistent mm. and get some results. So 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 their full value for qualifying. For the Champions League. Okay. Plus, Chelsea have not had a major transfer window. They must attract top talent. Mm. To attract top talent, you need to top be in the Champions League. Be in the Champions League. Okay. That's All right. We've had the initial, you know, you know, relax, you come to you. So you, you, you put your notes, notes, notes that we go for the second round. The second round, you have a chance now to do the rebuttals. You've heard what Chelsea have to say, what Manchester United have to say, and what Leicester's got to say. Rick, it's now your turn. Uh, what have you made of all those? They're just trying to indicate to you that you don't necessarily need to be in the Champions League. You can afford to just stay out, Leicester. I think for, for Leicester, this could be a crucial point in their history. And I'm speaking in terms of an identity, a, a possible identity crisis. Because having led the way, there was a point at which, with about 10 games to go, Leicester were 15 points ahead of Manchester United. Now, you have United above Leicester heading into the last match day. And I think for Leicester, if they do miss out on this Although it would be their second highest ever finish in the Premier League history for them, I think that the disappointment might be too much, and that may carry on to uh, you know future happenings in the club. Because you look at Tottenham Hotspur and how Pochettino was able to transform the team to make them a top four team, breaking into that traditional top four. I think that Brendan Rodgers has the opportunity this season, and although Leicester won the league in 2015. They, ne- they were never really expected to win the league after that again. So this is a realistic target. If they do fall out, what becomes their primary target next season? They won't have enough money to invest. So do they now go to the top four or do they fight for a top six? And that could make room for a possible identity crisis. So that is why Leicester need to make the top four, need to establish themselves as a new top four side and then get the money, mm. come back again next season and fight again. Leicester won the money. Uh, Manchester George, United, yes. Leicester City have to know their level. And clearly, <laughs> You know, Leicester City for me at a point in time were pushing Manchester City for second. Yes. Then in February they picked two points from 15 um, from a possible 15. Mm-hmm. Then post COVID, um, post the COVID break, yeah. they won just two matches, lost as many as four, and drew as many as three. Mm-hmm. Clearly it tells us that this is a team that is not ready to compete. This is a team that cannot give you any credible competition in the Champions League, and so they shouldn't waste anybody's time. It's about money. Um, they should find other ways of making money. For me, I don't think that Leicester City is a Champions League team. You talk about ah, but they've been the Champions League and, and they went straight to. It was a fairy tale run for them. <laughs> George, you, you talk about Chelsea, Chelsea and you look at this Chelsea team. They have been very, very, very inconsistent this season. You know, there are times you expect Chelsea to kill so, certain so, matches. And so, no, let, we've seen Chelsea in the Champions League already with their yes, kids. But, 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 we've seen Chelsea in the Champions League with their kids. We saw what no, Bayern no, Munich no, did to the kids. No, but, yeah, and but, you see, Champions League is not a spot for teams to come and try players or give players experience. Champions League is a big stage. You go there and you perform. So if Eddie is telling me Chelsea have to qualify for the likes of Tammy Abraham, Fikayo Tamori, you need to give Billy Gilmore. I'm saying that. You know, Champions League is not an Eddie, Eddie, hold on, Eddie, hold on. The Champions League 
Final ten seconds for Eddie Holden. Eddie Holden. Eddie Holden. Eddie, let's The Champions League is not an educational ground. For Manchester United, George, the fact is, Champions League needs Manchester United to make things thick. All right. And if you have Manchester... All right. Let me come to you, Eddie. It's not an educational ground to educate Tammy Abraham how to score goals. They need that. That experience. No, but, but why, why should we why should we worry about the, the, the kids, Chelsea's no, no, youngsters no, no, developing? No, no, you have an academy. You asked why Chelsea need the champion. Okay, yes, so tell yeah, me. So, yes. so, so, so from the Chelsea perspective, mm. okay, these talents need to grow and grow well. Okay. Okay. okay? So look, Leicester City, then, 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 Leicester City, honestly, yeah. honestly, have punched above their weight. Yeah, wait. Okay. Even if so they end not up making fate. it to the Champions League. It's not a problem. Would not be calamitous. Okay. Okay. So, 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 so I think Oreko should tone down the money bit. They're going to get a lot of money, okay, from the Premier League. They'll get a lot of money. But it won't mean anything. Are they going to attract any? Any any top talent? No, don't I, think I, so. I, I doubt. I All doubt. Right. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> but but, but then, again, okay. then again, then mm. again, I think United would <laughs> <laughs> look why do you look, look at him before you say well, United won in fact I think I, I, I think Rochester United will struggle Rochester United thank you very much Raymond I thank you very much Eddie Akins for joining me on the show and thank you to Oreko oh, Ampa <laughs> so you have to join us on Sunday 2pm we come your way with the Joy Sports Arena and we have everything there we'll find out if Chelsea will make it into the Champions League Leicester and Manchester United of course we've got live commentary and reports from around the grounds as the goals go in remember that and tomorrow of course we've got a wonderful one with uh, prince tego on the sports sling ennis how are you doing i'm good george yourself uh i'm i'm very good barcelona you you won the pichichi trophy we thank god for your lives uh, we are we're going to find out what happens you know right then English i'm not going something. to debate you i think yes. you've had a one hour good debate yes i can see and that's that. enough for the afternoon so you're bringing us the joy headline news absolutely joy headline news are two physician assistants protest NHI decision to exclude private facilities. They run from providing... If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match must keep IRA for five years match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC